0: Okay, well, one more time, good morning to you, and uh, really excited about the opportunity uh, on such an incredible day uh, already to uh, preach the Word this morning. And um, uh, by the way, this is—I I just feel like this is exciting because it's the first time I've gotten to preach in the new building, so come on. This is exciting. And uh, just because—not uh, because I have an ego or because I need you guys to think I'm awesome, but I want to pretend like I'm getting baptized today, and I just want to see if I get a little bit of the same response some of these kids got. My name is Brian. Brian. Yeah! Uh, okay. I was just, I just wanted to try that. You know, it's so fun. Uh, that was really great. It did feel good. Oh, uh, but let's pray. We're going to get right into, uh, the message this morning. Jesus, we love you. And we pray that you'd speak to our hearts, uh, stir us up and, and draw us to action in Jesus. Amazing. Wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I'd like to, uh, title my message and bring a challenge and an encouragement that you and I in the church wake. Up. Wake up! And, uh, I want to start first of all, though, by, by kind of using an illustration. Uh, it, back in college, I went to college 94 to 98, um, at North Central University. Uh, loved North Central, downtown Minneapolis. Um, but, uh, I, I my first year, my freshman year, I had a, a roommate who was exactly the opposite Of me, Uh, basically every every night at about nine o'clock in college, by the way, about nine o'clock he starts getting ready to go to bed. Now I don't even know what that means. He starts getting ready to go to bed. You know, he's just really uh, punctual in his lifestyle. Of okay, I gotta I gotta start winding down because I'm gonna go to sleep at about ten o'clock. And uh, I I really struggled with this because I viewed uh, college as four years of camp. I was like, this is awesome. We get to hang out. We don't have, we don't have to, you know, we can be out till one o'clock and have tons of fun. Why are you going to bed at ten? And it really confused me. And, and, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, you know, remember living the college life, but the goal back in college was, uh, find as much food for as little price as you can. And, uh, every night we would go out at about 10 o'clock, uh, to Applebee's because Applebee's had some kind of like half price apps. I don't know if they still do that, but it was just what we did. We got a whole crew, about 20. I'm now as a server, I'm like, oh my God, they must have been horrified, but about 20 of us would come out, get the half price apps, and we would just eat eat it up at 10 11 and we get back about 1 in the morning every every night and i kept inviting my roommate you know man why don't you come out and just hang out with us just hang out with us once in a while just you know could you just not go to bed at 10 in college could you just once come out and have some fun he's like no i can't do it i got to get i got to get my sleep so i can be ready for school the next day okay man and finally, this went on and on, and I kept trying to invite him, trying to break the ice a little bit, get to know him a little bit, get him to come along. And after, after saying no one too many times, I was fed up. And I, I said, you know what, we're going to do something about this. And uh, on the way back from, from Applebee's, I got an idea, and I and I basically went to the whole floor. If you, you know how college dorms work, about a floor full of about 40 guys. And I, and I kind of went to each room with the guys. And I said, here's what we're going to do, guys, if you're in on this. Uh, we're going to pretend in about 30 minutes that it's 6 in the morning. I'm going to go into my room. I'm going to reset the clock. And let's see how far we can take it. Of course, they were in. I go into my room, and sure enough, I, I, I reset his clock so it says, you know, 5.55 or whatever. And uh, sure enough, 6 o'clock comes, the alarm starts to go off, and I, and I can tell I'm in trouble. I'm not even in bed yet, so I quickly run, jump into, into, the, into the top bunk, and, and I'm like, and, try, and all of a sudden I hear him stirring, and he wakes up, gets out of bed, turns the light on. I'm like, try, you know when you're trying to fake sleep? Oh, oh whoa, whoa, what's going on? And and he looks at me like, why are you in your clothes? I could tell. that's what And I was like, man, I was whew, so tired last night when I got home. and just jumped into bed. Couldn't even change. Whoa, you missed it. Oh. He gets up. And, and I'm like, okay, dodge that bullet. He gets up. And by the way, it is pitch black outside. You know, I don't, I don't know what happened there. A little disconnect there. But um, he didn't notice. Totally unaware of the time. He gets up starts getting ready and it was cool like the whole floor was in on it. there were guys shaving showering getting ready for class he's like hey what's up what's up and uh comes in comes into the room has, starts getting ready and he's the guy literally who spends time getting ready uh first for college he would he'd get out his ironing board put his iron out you know iron his jeans get that seam just fine you know, i'm like D- you are way too into this but he does this. He goes through his routine, irons his shirt, irons his pants, goes down, and starts doing his devos. At this time, I'm like, is this bad? Like, I'm faking my devo time. Sorry, Lord, uh, but this is too fun. He's literally doing his devos, and I'm just having a fun time over there. And he leans over. He goes, man, I don't know what it is. I'm not kidding he said this. I don't know what—I just feel so rested today. I uh, was like— no! And I'm trying to hold it in, you know, and he was totally unaware of what time it was. And, uh, and, uh, and so he does his devos and then we weren't close at all. And sure enough, I'm, I can't make this up. He literally leans over and goes, Hey man, uh, can I just get you some coffee or some hot chocolate? I was like, you gotta be kidding me. The one day he's nice and it's two 30 in the morning. <laughs> this might not shake out too well. I was like, no man, it's, it's all good. So sure enough, finally on the clock, it's about 7. He grabs his book bag, and I'm not kidding you, uh, iron everything, book bag. And he's off to class, you know, off to breakfast, actually. And he knows I never do breakfast. I usually sleep through it. And so I'm like, hey, man, okay, see you later. Uh, Goes down one flight of stairs, and 40 guys were waiting for him to start going down those stairs, and all of us, like a herd of elephants, ran down to the other side of the hallway, down another flight of stairs. You know, we were on the fourth floor, so we're all, (laughs) you know, running all the way down. Somebody had a key into the cafeteria, unlocked the cafeteria doors, and there were 40 guys just sitting there waiting for them. And he comes in. It was priceless. Totally unaware. And sure enough, you you know you you can imagine grabs. It was was perfect. Grabs the tray, goes down and starts like realizing like nobody else is here and the capture is half lit. And then turns around and sees all forty of us. It's 2 30 in the morning! Look at the clock! What's up? You know, we were doing the whole thing. He was totally unaware of what time it was. Now, I don't know he, how that really played out. I, we never really talked much about that. I'm sure he's healed up, gone through counseling. Uh, but I will say it put me on the map. I was like, I was like hey, that was pretty good. Freshman, thank you. Uh, but here's the point of the story. We can be living life, doing all sorts of stuff, completely unaware of the time we're living in. Completely unaware of the day that we're in if we're not careful. And it's time to wake up. It's time for us as a church to wake up, to realize the time and to do something about it. And Paul says this in Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 9 through 14. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on shining armor of right living because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and do not let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Basically what Paul was saying right out of the gate is, know what time it is. Know what time it is. You've got to know how late it is. And he goes on to say, Your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. You know what we don't do a lot in the church, and not at River Valley necessarily, but in the church? We don't talk about the fact that time is short. Jesus is coming back. No, seriously, you need to hear this. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Time is short. Uh, he's, he said to his disciples in Matthew 16 the son of man will come with his angels in the glory of his father and will judge all people according to their deeds he's telling them I'm coming back uh, in the book of Acts chapter 1 when Jesus ascends into heaven you know what happens? angels appear and they say "Hey, listen don't be troubled about this scene that you're seeing for in the same way that you've seen him leave he's coming back in the same way he left he's coming again you got to hear this, church. Jesus is coming back. Do you realize this was a central theme in the New Testament and in the early church? It was a central theme. They used the return of Jesus as motivation for almost everything. I started looking it up. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says this, After all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. You know what Paul's saying? He's saying Jesus is coming back. And the only thing we will have left to hold on to, our only hope, our only joy, is you. Is reaching people. You're our only joy. Because Jesus is coming back, and you're all that matters. Uh, In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, don't lack any spiritual gifts as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. As you're eagerly waiting... Man, pursue spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is your strength. He can give knowledge. He can give uh, comfort. He can do all sorts of things. Don't lack in spiritual gifts. You're going to need it because Jesus is coming back. And if you're going to do everything as a church that you've been called to do, don't lack in the one who's been sent to help you do it. Uh, Communion. We just celebrated and shared communion together. Uh, But don't miss the tail end of communion even. For when you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Until he comes. And the writers were saying, listen, Jesus is coming back. And until he comes, our job is to remember, to uh, celebrate, to reflect, and to uh, live what Jesus did on the cross. He's coming back. Uh, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, encourage with great patience and careful instruction in the presence of God and of Jesus and in view of his appearing and his coming kingdom. Jesus is coming back. So Timothy, you know what you need to do? I'm going to mentor you a moment. You need to preach the word. You need to teach people. You need to correct people. See, that, that's not a very popular thing to say nowadays, but b- when you get the sense of urgency with it, you realize, I don't have time not to teach people. I don't have time not to correct. I don't have time not to rebuke. If we need to fix some things, we need to do it, and we need to do it now. Jesus is coming back. And you might be thinking, uh, but that was a couple thousand years ago, Pastor Brian. Just settle down a little bit. There's no way it could happen in our time. I've done the math. The problem is that it might take the urgency out of this scripture. Don't begin to think that for one moment, just because it's been thousands of years, there's not a sense of urgency here. And I really want to caution us. Here's The same thing happened to the religious leaders, the people who were entrusted with the word of God in the Old Testament with 300 prophecies about Jesus, got tired of waiting, got lulled into sleep, didn't, weren't awake, and they missed the first coming of Jesus because they were sleeping through it. And Jesus is calling you and I to wake up and to realize he could come at any minute. Peter addresses this, I think, uh, probably the best way I've I've read in the scriptures. And he says, most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. Uh, They will say, whatever happened to this promise that Jesus is coming again? But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. Now listen to this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No. He's being patient for your sake. He's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone destroyed. And he wants everybody to come to repentance he goes on to say that the day of the Lord is coming like a thief. But we need to hear this. The father holding Jesus from coming back again has nothing to do with God being bored, forgetting his promise, or not caring. It's exactly the opposite. He passionately loves you, and he passionately loves our community. He passionately loves this world, and he's saying, I'm holding out because the only thing left after my second coming is judgment, And I'm holding out because I'm hoping that your neighbor, I'm hoping that the people across the street, I'm hoping that the people you work with just might see you or might see Jesus in you and come to know me. So I'm holding back and I'm holding out. So know the time and be aware. Just to make sure you're all still with me. Everybody say, awake. Awake. You can't fall asleep in a message about waking up, all right? Come on. (laughs) Paul said, listen, knowing this, that your salvation is nearer now than when you first believed. Hey, that could either be really discouraging or really challenging. Because I want to make it clear. You know what he's really saying? You have one less day to represent Jesus than you did yesterday. That's what he's saying. You have one less day to love somebody. You need to forgive somebody. You have one last day to do it. You have one last day to share Jesus with someone. You have one last day to bring somebody to church. You have one last day. Wake up. The time is short. So because of the time, what should we do? And we should wake up. Paul says, wake up. Because our salvation is near now. And then how, how, how do we wake up? By the way, uh, do, you ever, do you ever know uh, that the next day you've got something really important that you just know you can't sleep through? And, and, and do you ever respond differently when the alarm goes off that day than the other days? I do. I'm, I'm telling you, if it's like a Thursday, and I'm like, oh, I don't have anything until 9 and the alarm goes off at 7.30, guess what? The temptation is there. I'm just going to be honest. Snooze that thing. Beep, 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 snooze. Ten minutes later, beep, 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 beep. snooze. Because there's no urgency behind that thing going off. But on a Sunday morning, when I know if I miss Sunday, I'm in huge trouble. And I've missed my favorite day of the week. When that alarm goes off on Sunday, bam, I'm up. Uh, 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 What's going on? Don't, don't, you know, and you just feel your eyes start to go, don't don't do that. Wake up. Because there's an urgency behind the alarm. There's a reason for it. There's a timing about it. This day matters. I got to get up. And Paul is saying, this day matters. The alarm is going off. Don't hit the snooze button, man. Wake up. Now, I'm going to be uh, also a little transparent. I, 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 I do sometimes uh, yeah, I have one of those sluggish days. Okay, have, has anybody ever had a sluggish day? You know, you know the day. you a little sleepy. Well, and I have some observations about what what happens when I have a sluggish day. Well, the first thing I do is I give the least amount of effort to get the bare minimum done. I do. I give the least amount of effort to get the bare minimum done. The Keurig coffee maker was made for the sluggish day. I'm just saying, come on, go with me on this. If if I wake up and I'm exhausted and I'm having a sluggish day, I do not want to go into my kitchen and get that packet of white filters. I don't know who made those, but I don't want to spend 10 minutes trying to pick apart all these filters to get one of them. I don't want to do it. I'm sluggish. I'm lazy. Somebody, whoever made that is just laughing today. (laughs) They'll never separate all of them. you know it's true and then, and then I don't want to go and I have to measure the, the coffee grinds and make sure I get just right with, with the amount of coffee and then the amount of water and then I got to sit there and, 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 and do all this, shove it in and then I got to wait about 10 minutes and I'm tired I don't want to wait but if I go back down I might fall back to sleep so I stand there and I'm just like okay I'll wait sluggish Brian Waiting it out. Doing as little as possible. The curry was made for the sluggish day. She'd go grab that little K-cup. I'm a little tired. K-cup. Boom. Press play. Done. Sluggish day. Coffee maker. But here's the problem. A lot of times we're the uh, sluggish day curry coffee church. We come in, and, oh man, yeah. How you doing? Woo, good to see you. Oh, this is tired. Okay, man, grab a cup of coffee. This is oh, I'm tired. How you? Do, what's going on in your Like, no, oh, nothing. So you give him to my seat. Oh, ah, yeah, uh um, you know. Oh, good worship. Good, press play. And we want Keurig Church. We want. We just want to press a button and sit there and let church happen. But I want to challenge us. Jesus is calling you and I to wake up. He's calling you and I to say, listen, I'm not called and set apart, and I haven't been saved just so I can come in and press play on a Sunday. I've been called. I've been saved because I have a purpose. I have something to do. I'm awake. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to do what I've been called to do and be a part of this church. We've got to wake up. You know, uh, when, I, uh, when I'm, uh, I'm going to make sure I don't miss anything. You should have seen it in first service. It was scary. Okay, passed over that for a reason Uh, you know what else I do when I'm sluggish I put off for tomorrow what should be done today come on I do I'm like oh yeah lawn needs to be mowed I got eight hours free can't do it tired should do it can't do it and listen If you felt like you were supposed to invite a friend, if you felt a stirring to pray for someone, to help someone out, to call somebody, to text somebody, I love that we have a Holy Spirit living inside of us who can lead us that way. If you get a text from me throughout the week, it's not because I'm just like, oh, I'm bored. It's because literally I'm going through my day and I'm trying to be attentive to what God's doing so that I can hear what he's saying. So if you get a text, it's like, hey man, thinking about you today, praying for you today, love you. It's not just some trite thing. It's because I'm trying to live awake trying to hear what he's saying and do it. But sometimes we put that stuff off until tomorrow because we're sleepy. You know what else? Uh, uh, The last thing, uh, when when I'm sleepy, I have zero sense of urgency. Zero. I don't care how my day's going. I don't care what's going on. I got nothing doing. I'm sleepy. As a matter of fact, people who are driven on that day kind of drive me a little crazy. You know what I'm saying? We run into that, when you're having the sleepy day, someone else isn't. They're awake, loving life. They brewed their coffee. <laughs> Good morning. Let's talk. What are we going to do today? I'm having sluggish day. I'm like, we aren't going to do anything. I'm staying right here. And whatever this is, it drives me crazy. And it's kind of funny, but that's what we do in the church sometimes. We say, hey, why are you so excited about this? Why are you doing that? Why are you building a new building? Oh, are you trying to build your own? No, we're not. We have this little bit of time and we want to make the most of it that we possibly can. We had this little bit of room and we feel called to reach this many people. It's pretty simple. Let's wake up and not get annoyed by it. You might have heard uh, that we have a challenge. Uh, this is so cool. As a campus, um, that all of our Kingdom Builders giving is going towards missions. That might annoy you. What's going to missions? We need here. <laughs> That's sleepy. So you're talking in your sleep. Wake up. Jesus' name needs to be proclaimed to every nation until he comes back. We've been called to reach every nation. We've been called to rescue uh, women we've been out, of, out of sex trafficking. and we've been called to go love some kids over in Swaziland. We've been called to do it. We've got to wake up. got to stop complaining about it and play our part. It's time to wake up. By the way, I just want to say this. A, little, a couple of side notes, okay? Uh, the world—I'm This. I'm serious. I'm going to let you in here on some real intense secrets. The world thinks church— it's boring. Just saying. I think church is boring. I don't understand. What are, they, what are they doing? Boring. Boring. They expect boring when they come in. And by the way, they come in nervous. They come in afraid of being judged. They come in wondering what's this going to be like. But they expect boring. And when all they see is boring, we've given them exactly what they expected. When all, all they see is us going through the motions. Okay, I'll sing a few songs. I hate singing. Uh. i move my hand. Okay. You happy God? Okay. Love you. <laughs> when that's what the world sees and they're expecting it, nothing happens. But when they come in expecting boring, expecting lame, and they see a church that's awake, excited to see them in the parking lot, greeting them, making coffee, buzzing like crazy, because they're awake. When they see a church excited that students are receiving Jesus, lives are being changed, celebrating together, lifted hands high, wide awake, when they see that, they don't know how to respond. And I want to challenge you. It might be different for them. But they don't hate it. Because you just blew their mind. I I hear it. Hey, uh, first time. Never really experienced anything like that before. I say, okay, it's okay. We're just glad you're here. Yeah, first time. Uh, Yeah, uh, I kind of felt something. I don't know what it was, but I felt something. Well, you know what you felt? You felt what happens when a bunch of people have agreed that Jesus is worth waking up for, that Jesus is worth worshiping, that Jesus is worth serving, and then Jesus kind of just abided in that place, and you experience God moving on your heart, drawing you to himself. Man, I love that we're not a boring church. I guess. Let's try it again. I love that we're not a boring church. Come on, man. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, uh, Oh, a second side note. We can be awake without being weird. I mean, come on. We can be awake without being weird. See, weird makes people uncomfortable. It makes people, ooh, that was weird. We can be awake without being weird. And you know what? You might think, oh, you're just being hard on me. I love my cartwheels. Okay, no, I'm not. Go ahead and do your cartwheel worship at home. I'm excited for you. (laughs) But you may think... Church has to be weird. It doesn't have to be weird. As a matter of fact, the most awesome example we have of church is in Acts. And that crazy stuff happened in Acts. But I found a scripture to back me up on this. The church doesn't have to be weird. Excited about this. (laughs) Acts says everyone around was in awe. All those wonders and signs done through the apostles and all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and they pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple followed by meals at home. Every meal a celebration, exuberant and joyful and they praised God. Now check this out. People in general, he shifted gears. He went from what the church was doing to what the world was seeing the church do. And this is his response. He says, people in general liked what they saw. You got to hear that. They liked what they saw. They liked it. As a matter of fact, every day uh, their number grew. Every day people were being added to the church because the world saw it and liked what they saw. Now that doesn't mean we're void of miracles, wonders, signs, Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean that. That was in the beginning of the passage. What it means is there must be a way to function fully in what God has for you and I, to be uh, led by the Spirit, to be empowered by the Spirit, to see the miraculous, to see God wake up a church and the world look at it and say, huh, now that's not weird, but I'm, I've never seen that before. I'm not uncomfortable with that. I'm kind of curious about that. So we got to wake up, church. And if you can give me about two more hours, I'm going to finish this message. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Hey, we don't, have, we don't have a Vikings game to get home to. So uh, how do you live awake? And I, and I will start wrapping up here, but give me a few more minutes. How do we live awake? You know, the first thing this passage says is stop sinning. It's not a popular thing to say. Define sin. You know, sin is disobeying God. We've got to stop that. We have to. It's not like, oh, well, I, I, think, uh, I think God loves me so I can just go and, and uh, sleep around, right? Because God loves me. No, no, we have to stop sinning. We have to stop that. It's not, it, it's, it's not like, it, do it if you want. or I, No, you've got to stop sinning. And see, uh, we, we, we think in our culture, it's, it's kind of like sin's a dirty word. Listen, it's a reality that we need to fight against. We need to stop it. Paul says, take that sin off, almost like it's the dirty shirt. Come on, guys, you know that shirt. Your wife's been telling you, you stink. It's yellow. And Paul's saying, get that thing off. Get that junk off. You stink. It's sin. You say, oh, Pastor Brian, you're being legalistic. It's not about works. It's, or, yeah, it's not about works. I'm saved by grace. Listen, you are absolutely 100% without question saved by grace. Our actions do not save us, but our actions do show that we are saved. Our actions don't save us, but you better believe they show we're saved. You better believe they show. When you say no to something, it shows the world who's saying yes to everything. This isn't making sense to me. They're saying no to something. They look more content than me. Why is that? What is that? Well, it's because somebody's awake. And God doesn't just leave us at that. He says, uh, stop sinning and then start living right. That's in the passage too. And I love that. It's not just this list of don't do this, don't do that. It's live right. Start living right. You know, the more I focus on living right, the easier it is not to sin. I'm just going to be honest with you. I start focusing on a sin issue. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Lah, don't do that. Lah! That's my mind. It's letting you in. Let me feel closer. <laughs> Or weird. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Bringing it back. (laughs) I'm just saying, when I focus on not doing, I end up getting paralyzed. Ah. When I focus on the fact that Jesus set me free, I can stop sinning, and now I'm called to do something. I'm called to live something. And I think Peter says it best when he says... uh, add to your faith let me find it real quick he says uh, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and a mutual affection love for if you possess those qualities they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive church we gotta wake up we gotta stop sinning and then start living right Start adding these things. Start growing in these things. Start maturing in these things. Become godly. Why? Because if we don't, we will be ineffective and unproductive, and we don't have enough time to sit around doing those things. Time is short. It's time to wake up. And as I close, honestly, as I close, I want you to know God doesn't call us to something that he hasn't exemplified first and I think Sam nailed it in communion and it's true in this moment as well. Uh, we actually love God and serve God and follow him because he loved us first. 1 John 4, he loved us first. And I think in our culture, it's really, we gotta be careful because we think that God's love is, is uh, the fullness of it is typified when we feel him and we get goosebumps in worship. And honestly, that's part of it. I love that. I do. I love experiencing God like that. But I felt really challenged recently and reminded that the Lord is saying, hey, Br- hey, Brian, that's a part of it. But know this, my love was more than just a feeling. It was an action. And, and I'm saying, you know, we got to stop sinning and act so we can demonstrate our love for him. And Romans 5.8 actually says, God demonstrated his love for us. He demonstrated it. He didn't just say, Hey, I'll, get, I'll let you experience me in a little bit and get some goosebumps. Ooh, I love you. No, he said, I'm going to demonstrate my love for you in this. That when you were still in sin, when you were still dirty, broken down, beaten, and abused, when you felt worthless, I not only told you I loved you, I sent the best thing I had from heaven, my son. And I died for you, because the price needed to be paid for all that junk, but it's already been paid because I loved you first, and I acted on that love. So today I want to challenge this church. If you're in this place and uh, maybe you've never even really given your life to the Lord, man, you, you've seen it in so many pictures today, don't leave. Without surrendering your life to him. time is short. I'm not trying to scare you. Time is short. Don't leave without knowing that you've surrendered to this God who loves you. And then the other thing I would challenge us with church, the world doesn't need to see Sleepy Church. It just doesn't it doesn't do anything for them. They're actually getting exactly what they expect. The city doesn't need sleepy church. Doesn't need us coming in, rolling in for an hour and doing our thing afterwards. This world needs a church that's alive. Serving. Doing life groups. The vision is every night of the week there's a life group going on. Church, just be in church. Serving. Go to to the men's conference. Men, you want to know what your first step of action could be? I'm going to go to a men's conference. Freaks me out. I don't know any guys. I'm going to do it step up. So I want to challenge us, church. We haven't been put here by accident. We've been put here because time is short, and we've got a job to do. So uh, I, I would just ask if we could, everybody, stand in this place. And I, I would ask, uh, every eye would be closed, and every head would be bowed. And if you're in this place, I do want to take a moment, and I'm not going to call you forward today or, or throw you in the tank. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> But I would ask in this moment if you're here real seriously and again every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here and you'd say Pastor Brian I've never surrendered my life to God and I know I'm a sinner I know, I know it I don't need to be told that I know it but I want to repent and I want to let him have my life I want him to come into my life the Bible says that Christ comes and dwells within us when, our, when with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess that he is Lord. And today you need to do that. If you're here, time is short. and You, just, you need to do that to take the next step of faith. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Brian, I know that I know. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. This is your moment. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. And just between you and I in this place, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you're here, though, and you know that you know, i got to receive Jesus today. Today's my day. I want you to uh, wave at me, uh, look up at me, kind of smile at me, do something. Get my attention because I want to make sure we pray with and for you before you head out today. If you're here, and seriously, I'm just going to take a couple of moments. Just to let uh, what, what, what typically happens, by the way, is the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, will begin to pound on your heart. And you'll be like, oh, no, he's going to call me forward. It's going to be embarrassing. No, it's not. You need to do something that all of us have needed to do. So if you're here and you'd say, Pastor Ryan, it's totally me. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. i us just slip up your hand? Okay. Okay. Well, that... That leaves me to hopefully uh, presume and, and assume that we've got a church full of alive people who have Christ living in us. But then the question becomes, are we living awake? And maybe today for you, this is that alarm clock on the day of urgency. And you need to snap out of it. And you say, you know what, Pastor Brian, I, I know that I've been kind of a little sluggish and I want to I repent for that. And repent just means change and to say, I'm sorry for that. I want to I start something fresh. Uh, so if you're here and you say, Pastor Brian, I know that uh, it's time for me to wake up. There's a, I know God's called me for a purpose, but I, I don't want to be sluggish, church. I want to get up and be a part of what God's doing here. and I want to wake up. And if that's you, I just say, man, every head is bowed and every eye is closed, but you get your hand up super high real quick. I want to see, okay, okay, okay. And you know, I'm going to put my hand up, too, because I, I don't want, I man God forbid sluggishness set in. I just don't want that. And Jesus says, your church, we come to you. And, and honestly, we repent for the times that we've been sluggish or sleepy. And we kind of come in and been on autopilot. We come in and press the button on church as if it's just something we, we come to. God, we are the church. And as your church, we repent for not being passionate about the day that you are coming back. And I pray that you would stir a passion inside of us. It's been a few thousand years, Lord, but we trust that you're coming back soon. And the only reason you're holding back is because there's somebody else that needs to hear about you. There's somebody else that needs to receive you. Help us, Jesus, to bring as many people with us in this community that you've placed us in as possible, not for our name, but for your name, that you would be exalted. Help us to remember we're doing this because our King is coming back. And uh, the only thing we will have left is what we've done for you and who we've brought with us. So God, we pray that you'd be honored in a church that's awake. In your name, amen. Amen. And listen, I want to encourage you. I believe our church is awake. But there's more. There's more. So if you know you needed to wake up, do it. Wake up. At this time, I'd like to invite our prayer teams to come forward. Um, by the way, someone waking up is sometimes saying, hey, I need prayer for something, and I've never done this. kind of freaks me out. Listen, we're not going to be, like I said, we're not going to be weird. We're going to bring that request to Jesus, and we're going to let him do what only he can do. If you need healing, we'll, we'll pray for healing. If you need to be set free from something, we'll pray that you get set free. God actually does stuff in these moments. Like, if I could tell you the stories, it'd blow your mind. He does stuff. So I want to challenge you, before you head out, if you need prayer for anything, come up. We want to pray with you. Otherwise, come back next week. We're going to get into another brand new series. and cannot. Or actually, we're going to hear a guest speaker. It's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. So we'll see you then.